It is well, it is, it is well with my soul. You give me peace, peace like a river. You're always providing when I'm not at ease. You know what I need. You're there holding my hand through highs and the lows. I know that you won't, you won't let me down, 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 down. What's up, Jesus people? It's Ursula. Hey, 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 and AJ. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the third God in our Trinity, the Holy Spirit, through the study of the crazy life of the Apostle Paul, as well as the Bible verses that help us to understand it. So let's get our Jesus on. Let's get jiggy with Jesus. <laughs> Woo! You finally got it in an episode, AJ. I'm going to get it in every episode, some way, somehow. You've tried to sneak it in the first two, but I conveniently edited it out. <laughs> Not this one, Ursula. Not this one. I'll let you keep it this time. Okay, good. That's what I like to hear. So how are you feeling recording our first episode since we went live? I'm feeling really good. It's like a weight has been lifted. I am so glad it's out there. Yeah, I feel really good about it too. Yeah, and we're getting a lot of good feedback. Great feedback. I know. I know. It's feeling good. I mean, also some terrible stuff. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) How are you feeling since we went public? Okay, good. Good now, but initially kind of a hot mess. (laughs) So what happened was our teaser episode dropped really about two weeks before it was supposed to. I was told by our hosting provider that it was going to take about two weeks for Spotify and Apple for it to show. And so I did it early so that we could, you know, I accounted for the time of the two weeks and it went live right away. (laughs) And I remember expecting that. No, either was I actually. And then I texted you and I was like, oh, sorry, AJ, we're live. And you wrote back, okay, I'm going to go die now. Bye. Yeah, I was at work when I found out and I had no idea. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet, but... It's not so much that I knew we were going to go live at some point. It's not like it was completely shocking. It's just when the timing wasn't exactly how I wanted it. I'm kind of type A. I'm kind of controlling in that sense, which I'm working on. I'm working on. (laughs) For sure, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Do you need a moment? I think you might. (laughs) So So I was like, okay, that's not exactly how I planned it, which caused a little bit of anxiety. I was pacing in my kitchen back and forth, back and forth. Everyone was sleeping which makes me sound even crazier, but I'm pacing and pacing. And all of a sudden, I look at my kitchen island. And first of all, I feel like to understand the story completely, you have to know I'm an anti-hoarder. I mean, I don't keep anything. Even my husband's like, why do you throw everything out? But I just, I hate accumulating stuff. And so I- I feel that in my soul. (laughs) I'm the same way. And I'm pacing and all of a sudden I look at the kitchen island. It's normally wiped clean of everything at this hour because I kind of get it ready for the next day of, I call it kitchen service. (laughs) And so I look and there is this passage from Galatians 5.22, which is exactly what we're talking about today. And it said, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the crazy thing is that peace was in all caps highlighted in huge letters. It was just such a good reminder, you know, like this book is real to me, you know, and then seeing these words was so soothing for my soul. I'm with Christ. I'm told to give him my worries. He wants to give me peace in return. 
like, ah, there's a sign. There's a sign. That's what I needed. Thank you, God. And then I was, sorry, I'm just going to go on and on because this was just such a life-changing week. And then I was reading 2 Corinthians and Paul specifically talks about how he has a thorn in his side and how he's begging God to remove this thorn from his side. He begged God three times. He said, please take it away. Please take it away. And Jesus said to him in response, no, it's keeping you humble because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so I'm like, okay, you know, also maybe I should just be thankful for the anxiety. The anxiety that I have just generally weighing me down is a gift from God. Yep. Giving you God. Just waiting for you to notice it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about the spirit. You know, our faith teaches that the Holy Spirit is a person. That when you interact with the Holy Spirit, you're doing it on a personal basis through a relationship. I had questions when you told me this was going to be our topic today. So um, for anyone out there feeling like you don't get it, this helped me the most. So there's the Trinity, which is like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they're they're all God. They're all the same. So it's like an apple. You know, there's an apple. It has the skin, it has the flesh, and it has the seeds. It's all part of the apple, but they all have their own role. So the Trinity is all God, but they all have their own role. Oh, I like that. I especially like that it's an apple. How symbolic. Uh, oh, Earth, you would put that together. I swear. <laughs> but it, it, that's what helped me because I feel like I was asking you all these questions and I'm like, I don't I don't know. I mean, I know it when you have to really like. It is hard because it's, first of all, we're trying to explain something that our brain cannot understand. Yes. Our, our brain literally cannot understand the spirit world because we don't see the spirit world. We operate on our five senses, right? And so the spirit is a whole other sense that we're not in touch with. Yep. So you will receive this Holy Spirit. Our, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to live in you when you accept Christ. So our bodies are literally a temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in us when you accept Christ as your Savior. But the benefits are not always immediate. They can be. And AJ, you and I both know stories where somebody accepted Christ and just in a split second, everything changed for them. Yeah. Addiction's gone away or pain goes away. But for the majority of us, God wants to take us on a journey and that process is called sanctification. And what it is, is the spirit working within us to make us more like Jesus. Can I just tell you the funniest thing right now? Please do. I have been saying journey so much lately and it is one of those words that I can't stand. (laughs) don't know why but you just said it and I'm like gosh I've been saying that word can someone like is there another word like I feel like there's no substitute for that word that I I can think of like there has to be something else but I say it all the time I'm so guilty of it I'm like oh I'm on a journey or why expedition (laughs) and sound even worse I'm sorry I didn't mean to like call you that word but I just I need an alternative walk with Christ sorry Okay, where were we? Where I don't know, but I, I will say this. So what, on my journey with figuring out the Holy Spirit, I did have an epiphany. I did have an epiphany. So the Holy Spirit is a fruit of the Spirit. So we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And all of those things are from God and they, it lives in us. All of those things are so inside we're all of us. capable of all of those yes. things. That's cool. So that's where I'm at. But Ursa, you have any fruit of the spirits that are oh, affecting you know, your life right now? I have noticed all of the fruits of the spirit in me to some extent. And you know, when I say that, I'm not saying I'm so loving and peaceful and patient and kind. Because I recognize fully that I myself am not capable of any of those things. I cannot be patient and self-control does not exist in my world. And so when I start to feel these things, 
I know it's not coming from me. Which one do you feel the most has changed? Patience. I have three children. (laughs) Period. (laughs) No, but I can honestly say that, especially like it's summertime now, they're home every day. And every two seconds, I hear mom, 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 mom. (laughs) It's like a symphony to my life. That's the song of my heart right now. And I can go almost till like five or six p.m. without going stop talking I like that you have a time you're like I can make it till about five it's pretty good I have one and she's a teenager and I'm not making it to five I'm not making it to five I can probably unless she's not home (laughs) so you're not feeling the patience part yet which one are you feeling (laughs) I'm not there yet I I feel I don't know I feel all of them I do feel a little bit everywhere I feel right now in this moment maybe faithfulness and I just feel like I'm putting so much of my faith in God right now and Mm -hmm. that has been a struggle to stay on that path because it's you know it's like anything it's like you start and then you fall off. I don't want to fall off. And I've been, I notice when you're not in the Bible, you're not in the word, you're not praying, you see a total difference. Like it is, you have to be consistent with it. So I would say faithfulness right now is really on my heart. Do you know what else is so cool about the Holy Spirit? Like there, okay, it's a spirit, right? So you can't quantify it. It's not like a person where you're limited by your personhood. I can't be there for everyone at the same time all the time, but there's an unlimited amount of the spirit. So there is not a world that you would reach for God and he would not reach back. And not only that, but the benefits of the spirit. It's not like if I'm just taking, taking, taking all my time with the spirit. It's not that it's taking away from your experience. Yeah. Because there's an unlimited amount. Like we are taking as much as we can of it. And it's okay to be selfish here. It's okay to be greedy. You know, actually, a friend of mine gave me the statistic. Did you know 80% of thoughts are negative? 80% of our thoughts are negative. Wow. But I feel in my own personal experience that when I focus on God, all all of those spirits within me are coming out more. And I don't know if it's the best way to say it like this, but I think like the Holy Spirit is contagious almost. Like within my friends, when they see it in me, I see it in them. Like I do, I feel like it's spreading. I have met so many people since becoming this aggressive in my walk with Christ (laughs) that I just didn't know. I'm like, oh, you too. You get it. Like this is crazy. Isn't this crazy? You just said walk with Christ. That's a good one instead of journey. Yeah, I said it earlier, but I don't think you were listening because you were so angry about journey. (laughs) You were just throwing note cards around. Like this is, I won't allow it. That's part of the 80% of negative thinking right now that I'm saying that. But. Well, I used to get books to, you know, like almost self-help books before yeah. my walk with Christ, because I think I was just also one of those people where my anxiety would turn thoughts negative almost as like a preparation for me. Like, well, what if this happens? What if the worst case scenario happens? I have to be prepared for it, right? And it was that like skewed way of thinking that that got me to where I was, where I was just constantly inundated with these negative thoughts. And it's really hard to get out of that. And so, you know, I would get self-help books or I would read, you know, if you think positive for 30 days, it becomes a habit. And so I thought, okay, surely I can think positive for 30 days. It'll be a habit and I'll be this whole new person. And, you know, I couldn't get past like an hour where I was like, oh my gosh, I did it again. And it was so hard. And then, you know, once I just started focusing on God instead, that just took care of itself. And now it's like, I am, it's so hard for me to see things in a bad way. Like for God, me, God's for me using this somehow. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. And it hurts, but this is going to be great. Because we have sin in us. Sin is, is in us. It's part of us. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a battle, a constant battle. 
between, you know, the sinning and and the Holy Spirit. We're by no means perfect. Speak for yourself. Far from it. (laughs) Let's get into the Bible study today. I am so excited about this Bible study. The whole Bible was written by the Spirit. Not to mention the Spirit is woven throughout the pages of the Bible. The Spirit is what conceived Jesus and Mary. You know, the Spirit is what led Jesus in his ministry. And so how do you pick a story about someone who exemplified the Spirit through their life? That was hard. But I figured who better than our man, Saul Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament because he was inspired by the Spirit. But first, AJ, I have some super fun facts for you. Give them to me. Give them to me straight. (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know. It's just what people say. Okay. This makes his miracle even cooler, though, some of these facts. So the Apostle Paul persecuted the church for about the first three years of his existence. So for three years, he was killing people who believed in Jesus. So he's not on Jesus' side. No. And this is where it gets a little bit confusing because he has two names, as do a lot of people in the Bible. um, But what it identifies is their life before Christ. And then they have a new name to identify their walk with Christ. And so he was Saul when he was killing all of these Christians. And then another thing that I think is even more fascinating. So 13 of the 27 New Testament books are largely attributed to Paul. Okay, so that's crazy. And the letters of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon were written from prison. Needed what was something to keep them busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a perfect example of God using your bad for good. Yeah, there's a purpose for everything. He used to be a tent maker, but was unskilled in speech. Oh. Yet the books that he wrote are considered masterpieces. So we're in Acts 9 and 10 today, and we're just looking at the life of the Apostle Paul. Like we said, he used to persecute early Christians, and he was on his way to Damascus and Syria to capture more early Christians, to bring them back to the high priest to have them killed. And on his way there, he was traveling with a group of people, and all of a sudden there was this crazy bright light. Okay, it was so bright that Paul falls over to the ground. And then all of a sudden he hears this voice, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, who are you, Lord? And then the voice says, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. Rise and enter the city and you will be told what to do. Okay, so he stands up and he opens his eyes, but he's blind. So the people he's with lead him to Damascus. And he's sitting there in his blindness for three days. He did not eat and he did not drink. So there's this disciple named Ananias in Damascus, and he receives a vision from the Lord to go lay his hands on Saul. And he was even hesitant. He's like, this is not a good man. Yeah. He's like, he's not for Jesus. He's the guy that's killing everyone who believes in Jesus. But he listens to the Lord. He does. And he goes and he puts his hands on Saul and he says, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Saul opens his eyes. He begins to see. What's the first thing he does, AJ? He gets baptized. Amen. He does not eat. He does not drink. He goes and he gets baptized. I love it. The Holy Spirit filled him. I'd be like, get me a Coke. And he pro- <laughs> get me a Coke. Just registered. A McDonald's Coca-Cola, please. <laughs> Classic. Uh, but it, it proves that Jesus is the Messiah. I mean, it proves he was completely against I know, him. even in those three days that he was just sitting in his blindness and, and not eating and not drinking, like what was going through his head? Yeah, God used him. 
Oh, so awesome. Okay. So in his letters, oh, well, so sorry, that's, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. So then he becomes this apostle for Jesus. But then, you know, right away he's changed and he starts to preach in the synagogues. He's saying Jesus is the son of God. And he's writing these letters to all these churches, trying to encourage them in their faith. And, you know, people are like, what the heck? Is this not the guy that was killing all of us? Yeah. Is Aren't you the one that said that he was the biggest name? Was that oh, the yeah. He's name? considered the second most important person for Christianity outside of our man, JC. JC, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. You're welcome. I just want to <laughs> clarify who that was. <laughs> and in his letters, Paul wrote about the Holy Spirit 115 times. He was able to perform miracles in his ministry. He performed 10 miracles. He raised someone from the dead. And there's the other one where he's in the prison and him and Silas are singing and worshiping and the there's an earthquake and the prison door blasts open and they escape and the guard is like trying to kill himself because he let them go and they stop him. They're like, no, 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 no. And they tell him what happened and he changed. They, oh, yeah, they changed he, him. He accepted Christ. He yeah. took them home yeah. to have dinner yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then his family accepted Christ. See what the spirit does? It's, it's infectious. Just, yeah. That, very cool. So yeah, this guy really was just, like I said, hard to choose just one story from the Bible to talk about the the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. But this one really just fell on my heart because I'm like, this was a cool guy. Yeah. Saul Paul. Saul Paul, yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you have time for a no. super... <laughs> I don't have time. I have to go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Listen, you're getting all of them right, so stop complaining. Okay. But you're trying to get me to get them wrong. You're I like, am. You're against me on this. Age. Well, I feel like I have to introduce it. I can't just let you, you go. Gotta, into a, okay. You gotta. Are you ready for a super fun question of fact? Just Holy Spirit flowing through you. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready. How many Old Testament prophecies did Jesus fulfill? Remember, the Old Testament was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. So how many of them were fulfilled? Yes. Through him as a person, how many Old Testament prophecies did he fulfill? Can I get a range? You mean you want to cheat? <laughs> um, one through a thousand. How many prophecies did he fulfill? 777. Ooh, that's a good number. I know. It's a very... you know, we like the number seven. He fulfilled over 400. There is a professor and author named Peter Stoner who worked with 600 students to figure out the probability of one person fulfilling just eight of the 400 prophecies. So just eight of them. Just eight. And the result was one in 100 quadrillion. That is a one with 17 zeros at the end. <laughs> and that is the probability of fulfilling just eight in one person throughout history, yet Jesus fulfilled over 400. Okay, that's crazy. That's a good fact. I like that one. That was good. Oh, now you're changing your tune. Yeah, interesting. yeah, I like that one. Oh. That one was interesting. I like when they're just like so, like it blows your mind. Lee Strobel, my best bud, he said if the entire surface of the earth was covered in one and a half inch tile and only one of the tiles had a red back on it, it'd be the same probability as a person walking around the entire earth and only having one chance to pick up the one tile with a red back. That is what the probability of one in 100 quadrillion looks like. And again, that's only if you fulfill eight of the prophecies, not over 400 crazy so these are some crazy stats for jesus guys it's kind of hard to argue this 
All right, AJ, it's time for you to introduce our testimony. So this is one of my best friends, Ashley, who trusted that God had the answers when she did not and allowed the spirit to transform her life. Enjoy. I've always had a Christian faith, and I've never doubted that God is real. I grew up going to church off and on, but it wasn't until just recently that I really began to get to know God and form a relationship with Him. I'm a military spouse. My husband and I got married at a very young age, and although we thought we did, we hardly knew or understood ourselves, let alone one another. We have three kids, and about 10 years ago, we left everything we had ever known to move across the country away from our support system. He immediately deployed back-to-back, and when he wasn't deployed, he worked a second job trying to build a career for when he was ready to get out of the military. I was alone with my kids majority of the time. I was very insecure and immature, and my marriage was crumbling. I was crumbling. I had this longing to be back home with my family and my friends and to raise my kids around the people that knew us and loved us, people that could hold my hand through all of the hard parts, but at the same time, I didn't want to break up my family and lose my marriage. Instead of having faith and listening to God through it all, I tried to control it from every angle myself. Eventually, it became too much. My fear, my anger, all of my sadness, the loneliness, and the longing for companionship, and the feeling of utter and complete failure. I was angry with myself for not handling it all with grace, for not being stronger. Through all of the struggles and the negative talk, I shut down and I completely lost myself. As a coping mechanism, I operated in pilot mode. Day after day, I just survived, making sure that my kids were happy and healthy. After some time, though, it finally hit me. Or I guess I should say God hit me. I had all of these hopes and these dreams for how I wanted my life to look with terrible follow-through. Fear controlled me. But one day... I literally fell to my knees. I had had enough, and I just begged God to help me, to open my eyes, and to give me the strength to do whatever it was that I needed to do to make the quality of my life better. For me, my kids, for my marriage, whatever that meant, I needed it to happen. It didn't happen fast, but over time, things started to transform in my life little by little. And during that time, I felt myself getting stronger. I started realizing how little control I actually had and how faith and surrender was going to lead me to all of the places that I was meant to be. I began to recognize God working in my life, and instead of fighting Him out of fear, I let it all go and I followed. It's not always an easy thing to do, and I still catch myself trying to be the one in control sometimes. But man, when I do listen and I let it go, it's amazing. I started following through with my Bible study, going to church every Sunday, and in the last year, we have really thrived. I have thrived. My kids and I chose to get baptized together on a whim because it came up at exactly the right moment in time for us. My husband is slowly coming back to his relationship with God, and I can literally feel him moving through us. I look back And I see all the dark parts of my life and all the struggles, and it all makes sense now. I needed to walk through it all. I needed to walk through it alone. And to get to this place right here, right where I'm supposed to be, loving Him, trusting Him, and having faith in Him. 
If this episode moved you, feel free to like, subscribe, and share, and join us every other Thursday. Also, if you'd like to share your testimony, please email us at info at And as always, may God bless you. And may the Spirit fill you.